they did so well after the program that they doubled their prices and everybody was, was taking sales calls and they were just taking clients that they really loved, you know, because they were able to, to book higher paying clients and be, be a little bit more selective about how they took instead of being in that sort of feast or famine kind of mode where you feel like you need to take a client just to pay your bills. Hey there, CEOs. My name is Brandi Gar, and I'm on a mission to help you, the wedding industry entrepreneur, ditch the overwhelm and build a profitable business you love. Welcome to the Wedding Pro CEO Podcast. Okay, you guys, before we get into the episode, I want to take just a quick second to invite you to join me in our brand new free Facebook group, the Wedding Pro CEO Podcast Community. This group was designed to take the conversation past the podcast. I'll be doing weekly lives, giving you content ideas to level up your visibility game and so much more. So what are you waiting for? Just click the link in the show notes below to join me and so many other CEOs who are building the businesses we've always dreamed of together. In today's episode of the Wedding Pro CEO podcast, we're answering the age old question. Can sales strategy be something you learn or is it something you have to naturally be born with? I'm sitting down with $25 million sales coach Maria Bayer to bust the myths and to give you the tips you need to close more sales. Maria is a confessed introvert who had to learn how to make selling authentic to her. She's now teaching hundreds of wedding pros how to lean into their strengths and sell with confidence. So I want to ask you, do you struggle with sales or were you born with the gift to close? Either way, you'll walk away from this episode with new tools you can add to your selling toolbox. Let's get into this episode of the Wedding Pro CEO Podcast. You guys, today's guest is going to give you uh, the fire in your belly. Like, I love talking to her. I love her content online. And I know that you're going to enjoy so much hearing from Maria Bayer. Maria, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm so excited to be here with you, Brandy. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, of course. Okay, so Maria, some of our listeners may not yet know all the things about Maria. So can you just kind of give us some of your background and tell us a little bit about how you became a sales coach, the $25 million sales coach? This is going to be so great. <laughs> it's it's one of those stories that, of course, has like 8,000 windy roads that you know I never Ooh. expected to be here. But um, <laughs> we yeah. love the windy roads on this show. So give us all the windy roads. <laughs> cool, awesome. Well, I first started in in finance because I love numbers, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So you know, like most of us, we go to college and you know go into the the subjects that are appealing to us. And I, I loved numbers, but I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I thought I might want to go into real estate, but when I got out of school, that market was like really, you know, in the dumpsters. So I was like, okay, well, I know numbers. And I ended up getting a job in finance. And I did that for about five years and I got really itchy to leave. And I kind of knew in my bones that I would either go into sales or have my own business at some point in my life. But I was like, I have no idea <laughs> what, what that would look like, right? Or what I would sell uh-huh. or what, you yeah. know, what kind of business I would have. But I just kind of went with my gut and I said, um, you know, I was talking to my cousin one day and I'm like, you know, I really want to go into sales. And she kind of had the same itch that I did. And we were about a year apart. And um, at the time we just ended up 
you know, starting to network and I talked to some people and, and that's an even longer story of how I found the person that eventually got me my first interview. But um, I met this guy and he worked for HP at the time. And at this end of this really long conversation that we had, we really, you know, clicked. And at the very end, he said, I have one piece of advice for you. Go into software not hardware. Cause he was selling hardware at the time. And this is a long time ago. And he knew that the industry was going down with, with hardware, but software was really exploding. And so I took that to heart and, you know, about a week or two later, he calls me up and he says, Hey Maria, I was golfing with a guy and he brought a friend of his and he um, worked for a software company that sells financial software. And I thought of you immediately, like, oh my God, she'd be perfect for it because this guy was looking for somebody that could talk to a CFO, talk in their language, understand their pain points, et cetera. And I said, yeah, but Steve, I don't know how to sell. <laughs> like, I, I, And I don't even know software. I have, I have no understanding of software. He's like, that's okay. He can teach you. And that was sort of my first aha moment was, oh, sales can be learned. I don't have to be that natural born salesperson because here's the thing, the, the kind of rub in this is that I am an introvert and I'm a very, and at that time I was such an introvert where I was the kind of person where if, you know, you and I said, let's go meet at a bar, you know, at such and such time, if you were like 30 seconds late, I would be hyperventilating right? Because I literally did not know how to just be with myself or talk to strangers. But I knew in my gut that I, I needed to go into sales. I wanted more ability to make money, right? And I knew that in sales that my ability would be matched with my income, right? As opposed to just having a, a desk job where I made a certain amount of money and got a certain raise each year. So long story short, I interviewed, got the job. He taught me how to sell. It was a bumpy road in the beginning. He ended up leaving the company. A few months later, I got laid off and was like devastated. Didn't know what I was going to do. Didn't tell my family. Oh my gosh. Because they thought I was crazy for leaving my, you know, very secure financial job. Right. And so I found another job. It was for a, um, a company called McAfee, which everybody knows now. But at the time, it was a small company, you know, the antivirus people. And that's where I learned really how to sell. And I ended up, you know, doing really, really well. It was, it was bumpy at first. And, and we can go into a little bit of that later when we talk about mindset, yeah. but I had a really wonderful boss and he helped me understand what it took to sell. And he taught me that there's more than one way to sell. You don't have to sell in the stereotypical way. And that was just, you know, music to my ears because I couldn't sell the stereotypical way. And so he taught me how to do that and that I could be myself and I could leverage my own innate talents of like really connecting with people and being an advocate for people. And thank God he shared that with me because otherwise I was ready to quit. I was ready to throw in the towel and say, I'm just going to have to go back to a desk job because I can't do it the stereotypical way. Yeah, I just can't. Long story short, stayed there for several years, made like all the top awards and everything sold over 25 million in sales over my career, then burnt out, left software, and then decided to start my own business. The short story there is I met a girl that was a photographer and she said, why don't you come and talk to our, you know, group of photographers and, you know, talk to us about selling. 
And I said, so you need to learn how to sell? And she's like, yeah, of course. We, we, we're really good at you know being great photographers, but right. we have no idea how to sell ourselves without sounding you know, like you're tooting your own horn. And so that was a light bulb moment for me too, because I, I didn't see what was in front of my face, which is just, you know, another reason why it's great to have a community of people, mentors, coaches, people that can see things that are obvious to them, but not obvious Mm -hmm. to you. And that's what got me started. And I ended up, you know, teaching them and it went so well that I created a program um, for another woman in, in another industry. And then my planner called me <laughs> and said, Hey, I heard that you teach sales. And I said, yeah, I do. Your own wedding planner. Yep. Right? My own wedding planner after my okay. wedding. And yeah. I started chatting with her and she thought, you know, it's so funny because in, in retrospect, she talks about it and says, you know, I thought I was reaching out to you and you were going to like charge me $250 and like, give me my elevator pitch. Right. <laughs> and instead I sold her a program for her and her whole team. And, oh my gosh. and it was thousands of dollars and she did it and she trusted me and, um, turned out that they were able to do, they did so well after the program that they doubled their prices and everybody was, was taking sales calls and they were just taking clients that they really loved, you know, because they were able to, to book higher paying clients and be, be a little bit more selective about how they took instead of being in that sort of feast or famine kind of mode where you feel like you need to take a client just to pay your bills. That's how Irresistible Selling was born. And that was about, oh, I think it was almost nine years ago now. Wow. (laughs) So here we are. Oh my gosh. So you've been teaching. Now, does Irresistible Selling teach specifically wedding professionals or creative business owners? It's all wedding professionals. So it's like planners, photographers, stationers, floral designers, hair and makeup artists, anybody related to to the wedding or event industry can join irresistible selling. So in fact, I've had other people that are in other industries as well, like tangentially. And it really, for me, the way we teach sales, you could really take any of these strategies and apply them to any business. It's just that for this program, I really tailored it for the industry so that it makes it super easy for them to go out and use immediately. Now, I have a question before we dig into the actual content, just because it's fun. But would you still consider yourself an introvert? Yes. Absolutely. Would you really? Yeah. But I will say this. I'm an introvert at heart. Yes. I need my downtime. Like I can't do lots of networking or socializing, you know, for hours and hours and hours on end, like going to like a big, big conference really like sort of paralyzes me. So in that way, yes, my roots are still, I'm a, I'm an introvert, but I like to say now I'm an extroverted introvert in that when I'm with people that I know, or if I'm in a smaller group, that's really my jam. I really like being able to connect deeply with people and you can't do that in big, large groups. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you go into sales, one of, one of the reasons, there were two main reasons I wanted to go into sales. One was to make more money and be in charge of my destiny. But the other reason was literally to get out of my own way and, and get, not be so afraid of my own shadow. And it really helped to build my confidence in a way that nothing else could. So now I've, you know, I kind of built strategies for small talk with people or getting to know people or walking into a room of people that I didn't know. That has really carried me and helped 
build my confidence, you know, so much more. So I'm not necessarily the person I was back then. I'm, I'm much better in terms of just being comfortable in my own shoes and being able to walk into a room, but it's still a little unnerving. You know what I mean? I still have to kind of build myself up a bit. So I'm sure anybody that is in any way an introvert can relate to that. Well, I kind of wanted to stop on that because I know that there's people that are listening that are like, oh, you know, sales doesn't come naturally to me. I'm not an extrovert. And when you said it, I was like, oh, we need to double back on this because it it is a learned skill and it is something that you can do as an introvert. And with your answer, the other thing that kind of struck me, I'm sitting here thinking, yes, this makes so much sense. So you guys, I actually was introduced to Maria through Ashley from the Abundance Group, who was just recently on the podcast as well. And I had reached out to Ashley and I was like, Ashley, I'm, you know, I'm searching for the perfect speakers for the Wedding Pro CEO Summit. And I need like the best of the best for sales. And, you know, do you have anybody in mind that you just are like, this is the person to go to? And she was like, 1000%, let me introduce you to Maria. She's your girl. (laughs) And so Maria and I jumped on a call. And I remember one of the first things you asked me, Maria, was, how do you see this going? Do you, do you want it to be more of like a presentation or, and I was like, oh, you know, my heart is really in small workshops where people can really get tangible tips and, and the speaker can be walking around and working with the different, the different attendees that are in the room. And you were like, you are speaking my love language. Like, this is what <laughs> I love to do. So hearing your answer was kind of cracking me up. Cause I was like, yes, that's exactly what you said to me in our very first call was like, I love small groups. I love to get my hands dirty with people. And I really like to make a big impact. So you guys, Maria is our sales guru that's going to be at the Wedding Pro CEO Summit. So if you haven't grabbed your ticket yet, you need to do that because we're just going to touch the surface in this podcast, but we're going to give so many tangible tips here. And then she's going to be oh, pouring into all of our attendees at the summit. So Maria, thanks for doing that too. Oh, I'm excited. I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. And I just love the format and I love your audience and oh, I'm just counting the minutes. I know. I can't wait. Okay. So for today's episode, and one of the things I want to talk about is sales mindset. You kind of mentioned that as you were talking too. And, you know, we talk about on this show, the six core competencies that a healthy business needs. And one of them is sales and one of them is mindset. So how does sales mindset go together? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. For me, mindset is really what you're thinking about things and the lens through which you look at things. And that goes into everything that you do in every area of your life. So sales mindset is just specifically how it relates to the sales aspect of your business. And for me, you know, I look at sales perhaps a little bit differently than a lot of people do, certainly differently than, you know, the more traditional, I say in air quotes, (laughs) type of selling. And for, for me, it's more about relationship building. It's more about, you know, connecting with that person to see if you are a good mutual fit. Because in my world, I don't want any client. I want the clients that are right for me. You know, kind of like a dating scenario. Like you didn't want to date everybody. You just wanted to date people that were a good fit for you, that you understood each other, you got each other, you had fun together, that sort of thing. And that's kind of how I approach sales. It's really about connecting with people. And for me, sales mindset is, you know, a lot of my clients, especially because most of them are women, and I hate to generalize, but it's true. A lot of us were, you know, raised with certain beliefs about money, about selling, about asserting ourselves, about 
speaking our truths, et cetera. You know, we can go into a whole other tangent on that. But (laughs) so sales mindset for me, part of what I do with my clients is I help them look at sales differently and I help them think about what selling really is. And to me, you know, you've probably heard selling is serving, but again, Mm -hmm. selling to me, it doesn't matter if you have a business, you are always selling. If you work for, you know, a grocery store, I don't care where you work, you are selling your opinion, you are selling your personality, you are selling, you know, whatever that company represents. It doesn't matter that you actually have a business name. It's that we are all selling something. And if you look at it as just really communicating and communicating your opinions, your beliefs, you know, what's important to you and communicating how you can help somebody and the communicating the value that you provide to me, that is, is our method of selling. That's what selling is to us. And I think when you look at it from a different perspective, it really helps you to shift how you feel about it because how you feel about something comes through, whether you say it or not, you're the feeling or your come from, I use that phrase a lot with my clients, the place that you come from matters right? Because if you come from a place of service, if you come from a place of, let's see if we're a good fit, it's a whole different vibe. It's a whole different energy level. And it's a whole different feeling than if you come at it from the perspective of, I need to sell them. I need to book them. I need to like mm-hmm. persuade them to do something they may not want to do. It's a whole different energy. And we that's not what we teach. So for me, sales mindset is more about really leaning into the understanding that you're a business, right? And people are coming to you because you have a talent that they don't. You have a service that they want and need. So you shouldn't have to tiptoe around what you offer or what you charge or feel bad about that because you're a business owner. You're not a charity, right? And there, you don't have to apologize for that. That's part of helping them really get in the right frame of mind to look at their businesses differently and look at how they approach communicating with clients differently. Yeah. It's so interesting just listening to you because even for myself, and I would consider myself someone who I thoroughly enjoy sales. It's like the thrill of the sale. You know, I love it, but I will say it's still easier to promote something that isn't necessarily mine. Right. So like, especially something that I love that's like changed my life. Like For me, I could sell anyone on a McDonald's McDouble. I love them. And I can tell you all the reasons why. Or a Mac computer that changed my life. Or Remarkable. Those are like the three things that I shout from the rooftop. That's like, this will change your life. A McDouble will change your life. If you don't love McDonald's, I don't even know what to talk to you about. You know, and it's so easy for me to say all the reasons why Mac is better than PC. You know, like I can tell you till I'm purple. But then I go to sell something of my own and it's like, well, am I saying the right thing? And, you know, am I, am, do I, did I do all the steps right? And what do they think about my body language? And it's like, why? Why do we overthink that? Why do you think that is? I think because we don't learn this in school, right? I didn't yeah. learn it in school and I took business no. classes all day long. So, and in fact, when I was in software sales, I got a lot of training. And I can tell you that almost all of it went in the garbage (laughs) because Mm. it didn't resonate with me. It didn't feel aligned with me. It felt very forced. Um, And so when I created this program, I really, that was, it was very hard to create the program simply because it's really hard to pull out of yourself what you do naturally. 
especially something that you've been doing for so long. So I really had to look at sales from a perspective of how do you do it from A to Z? Like what are the, what are all the steps involved? And when I was able to break it down, it makes it so much easier for people to understand because again, nobody teaches it. And certainly nobody teaches it in a way that feels really good, especially to women. If you're in the wedding industry, you're selling to couples. And when I was in software sales, you know, part of my secret sauce is that I had to be pretty aggressive and assertive in the corporate world because that's the world that you're in. That's what's expected and that's what works. So, mm-hmm. but I'm really good at how do I soften that? How do I make that feel really good and congruent with who I am? And how do I make that appeal to a couple as opposed to a business, right? Especially because I worked with like Fortune 500 companies and they're pretty cutthroat. So you had to have a kind of a different persona, but the strategies still work. You just have to soften them and kind of adapt them to a different, to a different thing. So I think it's mostly because nobody has really taken the time to teach it in a way that feels good. And I, I've just figured out how to do that. And I've really taken a, a lot of you know, feedback from my clients over the years and looked at what are the questions they keep asking me? You know, How can I continuously make this more accessible to them so that they love it? And in fact, the, so this is a good testament. So one of my clients came to me uh, right during the pandemic and she's a, she was a planner. She turned into a floral designer during that time. And she said, Maria, I have to tell you, I hate selling. Like I hate it, hate it, hate it, abhor it. Like there's not enough strong words for me to explain to you how much I hate it. Right. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) so I have a challenge here. So literally, I don't know, a couple months ago, she posted in our group. She's like, is it strange that all I want to do now is sell? Wow, you've got to be kidding. So what was what was it that she did differently? Yeah, because now she knows how to do it in a way that feels really good. It doesn't feel like selling. I broke it down. I think that's part of it too. You have to break it down and understand this is why you're doing what you're doing because part of selling is just understanding human nature, understanding psychology, like buying psychology, pricing psychology. So we mix all of that in with our teaching. For, because for me, I guess it helps me to understand if I do something, why does it work? Like, don't just tell me what to do, but tell me why does this work? So sometimes when people feel like, oh, but if I do that, aren't I being pushy? And I'm saying, no, you're not being pushy because human nature is I'm going to put off decisions until I have to make a decision. <laughs> right? That's so true. Yeah. Right? So for example, always put an expiration date on your proposals and don't make it a month out. <laughs> so it's just simple things like that, that I think people they need to hear from someone who is an expert who has been there that yes this works this is why it works and they kind of need that that support that yes you can stand up for yourself you can say no you can push back if someone pushes your boundaries right mm-hmm. and i feel like a lot of times as business owners we're such we're in silos and we don't have a boss so to speak telling us you know do this differently or yes you can do this no you can't do that So it really helps to have someone that's been there, physically been there. Like I've, you know, probably had thousands and thousands of sales consultations. I've done thousands of proposals. So I've been there. So it helps to hear from people that have done it that, no, you can say no. And 99% of the time, they're still going to hire you. (laughs) So it's, it's learning that too, that I think helps and gives them that, that confidence level that yes, this is what works. This is why it works. And it's okay 
to, you know, say no or maintain your boundaries or expect this type of, you know, inquiry. That's so interesting. And hearing you talk about, you know, the difference in how you would sell to the corporate world or, you know, selling in the wedding industry. I mean, weddings are such an emotional buy, right? So it's, and a lot of us, we're not necessarily necessary to the wedding. So like I'm a wedding planner, you can have a wedding without a wedding planner. And so I'm not just trying to overcome the fact that you know, I want them to pick me. I'm trying to also make sure that they know they need a wedding planner. I think that goes with planners, maybe videographers, um, custom stationers. There's a handful of us that are kind of more a a luxury item. And so I think that that's really interesting. But I always think too, I, I sometimes feel like a chameleon when I'm sitting in the consultations because it's like, you know, does this couple really the bride most of the time um, is driving the conversation, but do they, are they more about, you know, we're having this huge weekend and we just feel completely overwhelmed by it? Or is it like, you know, we know exactly what we want and we've already done most of it and we really just need somebody to kind of run it on the day of. So I feel like I'm almost becoming a chameleon a little bit as well. Have you felt like that before? Yeah. I guess it depends on who your ideal client is. I have a lot of clients that will take a variety of clients, but I also then have all other clients that as they raise their fees and maybe move into a luxury market, just as an example, they may say, okay, I'm just going to take eight weddings a year, for example. And then they have a really specific idea of who that client is, right? It's somebody that, for let's use the wedding planner example if they're looking for a luxury client and they're only going to take eight clients a year, that means they're probably using a percentage model. They're working with clients that have, you know, multi six figure budget and their take home is, you know, say $20,000, 30,000, 40,000. Um, that can vary. They're going to have very specific qualifications for who that client is, what their budget level is, what, you know, how much they're spending per guest, et cetera. So when you get to that point, then it becomes actually easier, mm, right? Because then you can say, this is my, you know, aligned client. This is what they look like. And then you can use, you know, one of my favorite things to do is, you know, sales is not just about what you're saying. It's about your process too. And so use your process to do a lot of that heavy lifting. And so there's lots of questions you can ask in your inquiry form, for example, or your questionnaire to find out if they're a really aligned client for you. So, and that's, that's where it gets kind of fun because then you can really tailor that process to your specific client. Because in my opinion, you know, when you're doing that, you need to qualify people really hard because if you're only taking a certain number of clients, you have to make sure they're a good fit. So that initial stage, and my preference is for you to qualify really early. So that's why we lean on your process to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Ask those questions really early because I don't want my clients even getting to a phone conversation stage if they're not the right client for them. And so that's why I like to have the questions in the beginning really vet that that client also too, because I don't want you getting to a point where you're on the phone with them and you know, they're not the right client, but I've been in sales a long, long time. And I know that it's a confidence game. Yep. And even if I know in my head that they're not the right client, if I get off the phone and know that they're not going to book, I, it still takes a hit on my confidence, yes. right? Isn't that crazy? It is. Yes. And you know it in your head, but, but I know because I've done this for so long, I know that I want you to have to avoid that. I want you to be able to qualify out that person 
early before you even get on the phone. So for me, it's, it's all about process. It's about qualifying them and it's about articulating, you know, the value that you provide and asking those questions. What's important to you? And why is that important to you? You know, the simplest, simplest question can really, really go a long way to you as a business owner in understanding what is important to them and why. And then you can focus on how you can make that happen rather than the old school way of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Mm -hmm. In this way, you're asking very targeted questions so that you know and can flush out what's important to this couple. Because I can do a lot of things, especially as a planner, you do a lot of things. You wear a lot of hats and there's a lot of things that you can talk about. But rather than talking about everything, you want to focus on the things that are really specific and pertinent to your client. So that's why I like asking a lot of questions, whether that's in the questionnaire or also just even in the introductory call, just to kind of dig in and find out what's important to that client. Because also the questions that you ask differentiate you. Yes. So that in and of itself builds value as well as the process you take someone through builds value. Mm-hmm. I always love it when I'm on the phone with a client and they're like, no one's asked me that yet. And I'm like, yes. Wow. Okay, good. Then that means that you're going to remember me, exactly. <laughs> you know, especially when you're talking to a bunch of planners. So I think that's interesting that you said that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's not just that you want them to remember you, but you want them to really think about what's important because if I look back, like when I got engaged, um, I'll tell a quick story if we have time. Yeah, please. So I was talking to, I got a referral for a musician for our ceremony music and we went back and forth. This woman did all the right things in terms of, you know, she said, I've worked at your church before. I can send you a list of songs that are you know, allowed versus not allowed. And that was part of one of my concerns was like, I go to church, but not probably as often as I do. <laughs> so I don't, re- I don't know what's like how many songs we need, et cetera. So she yeah. did a really good job of understanding what I needed and showing that she was an expert. Mm. But one thing she didn't do, and we went back and forth. I wanted a particular song that was, um, it was The Prayer by Andrea Bocelli and yes. Celine Dion, right? And she had one singer slated for, you know, the ceremony. And we went back and forth about whether or not we needed a second singer because it was a duet technically, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like a couple hundred dollars. It wasn't even a lot of money. But here I was in my like wedding planning mode and I was thinking logically, right? I was just trying to check the box, check the box, check the box. And that's what your clients are doing. So here's what she should have done that would have literally eliminated that conversation. And I would have been like, any amount of money is fine, <laughs> right? You can charge me whatever you want. I just make yep. this happen. If yep. she had only asked me, why is the ceremony important to you? Mm. And it seems like, like a silly question, but it's not because had she asked me that, she would have pulled me out of my logical brain and it would have helped me connect with why it was important to me. And she would have found out that it was important to me because I was literally counting the days to our wedding because my father had had a triple bypass that uh, like the year before, and he was on borrowed time and we did not know if he was going to make it. Mm -hmm. And so all of my, you know, visioning of my wedding had been my father walking me down the aisle. And I didn't know if that was going to happen. So had she been able to ask me that question, it would have helped me connect with what was important to me. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because we're all, especially in a wedding, you are in such like check the box mode because there's a million decisions to make. Even if you get a planner and everything else, you still have a lot of decisions. So it's really, it's really helpful to help your client think about things that they may not have, you know, thought about because that helps you serve them better. So what she could have done is she could have said, you know what, get the second singer. And then she could have painted a picture of what it would be like when the trumpets blared, the church doors opened and, you know, everybody stood up, turned around to look at us and my father walking me down the aisle hand in hand or arm in arm rather. That would have gotten me. Like I would have been like, done, wrap it up. I don't care how much it is. You're the one. Right? So people are sometimes afraid to dig into like the emotion with their client, but I'm saying double down on that. Not only will it make you stand out, but it'll help you uncover what's really important. And then you can sell to that. You can tell them how I can help you make that a reality. Yes, Maria, this is so good. I'm so glad that you gave us that story because it helps you to really see as a wedding professional that a lot of us go into sales consults and I feel like I hear this so often from my students and my mastermind is they want the exact script. They're like, just mm-hmm. tell me what to say and what to do. And I'm like, it it's not about that. It's about listening to your client. Like you should be asking questions for 45 minutes. If your consult's an hour, you should be asking questions for 45 minutes and talking for 15, right? Yeah. Like find out from them and then don't tell them the list of things you're going to do only speak to the things that they said were important to them because they don't care about the rest. And the rest is probably so similar to what other people do too. That doesn't really matter, right? Exactly. So that was such a good example. We, and now it's making me think we just recently had a bride, a full service client book us. And she had mentioned during the consult that she used to own a dog store and that her dogs, her two dogs were incredibly important to her. And it was so important that they were somehow infused into the wedding, but we, the venue doesn't allow dogs. And so I just kind of, you know, started rattling off different ways that we could incorporate them on the cake and in the stationery and, you know, different fun ways that they could be part of the wedding. And she ended up booking us. And during our initial call for her design, she told us we're the only ones that circled back to how her dogs would be involved in the wedding. And she's like, that's why I booked you guys. And we were kind of giggling because we were like, seriously, that's what made us stand out. <laughs> but as as you told that story, I was thinking, that's why, because that was so important to her. Yeah. And we knew it because we asked. And you know what? And it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I guess now that you're saying it, it makes me think, oh, well, that does make sense then. Because I was like, seriously, we're the only ones that talked about her dog. <laughs> but it was, it was, <laughs> but it made sense because everyone else, at least from what she explained, was just kind of like, okay, no problem. We'll make note of that, you know? And she's telling me that this is important. So I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, well, let's think about that for a second. Like we could do this and this and we can incorporate them this way. And oh my gosh, this will be so much fun. And really getting excited about it with her. And she was like, I could vision it immediately. So it's so, it it really is just such an emotional thing. And there's not a script necessarily, or is there? Am I missing that? Is there a script? (laughs) No, actually, I I love the fact that you don't give them a script because I don't, it's, it's, it's unnatural, right? (laughs) And you're, and you're talking to people. It's like, you wouldn't go on a date and have a script. (laughs) You might have some questions that you want to ask or some topics you want to cover, but, and that's sort of what I do with my clients. I give them the structure and the strategies 
so that they know what they should and shouldn't be doing, but I give them latitude so that their personalities can come out and they can have a very natural, authentic conversation. It's not about doing this first and this second and this third and this fourth. It's really more about here's really the goal of, let's say, the initial phone call, right? Here's some of the things that you want to accomplish in that call. Here's the purpose of it. Here are the next steps, you know, that sort of thing. So we don't give them a script, but we do give them, I have a very, we call it a a book yourself solid playbook. And it's basically what you do from the time someone inquires to how to book them on the spot. And so I do give them the step-by-step, but it's not a script. It's here's the purpose. Here are the things that you want to do. And, you know, maybe roughly this order, but you also want to just leave leave yourself some space so that you can actually connect as a human because they may say something that you didn't expect and you really want to go down that road because that's where the gold lies, right? So you have to be open enough to be listening, actively listening to what they're saying and really do some interpretation or you know ask them further questions about that because that may be a goldmine for you in terms of what's important to them. And it could be that they didn't even realize it. Right. So that's, to me, that's where, that's why it's about communicating. It's, that's why it's about really interacting with that person and asking open ended questions so that you could really draw out from them because they don't always know what is important and why and maybe dig into things so that you, especially as a planner, can serve them so much better. You know, again, it's not surprising that she booked you at all, but it also shows that you listen. Mm-hmm. Right. So many people think sales is about a spiel. And in that way, what it does is it shows that you didn't listen to your client. You want to repeat back to them what they talked about. You want to say, okay, you. what I heard was you said this, this, and this were important to you, right? So this is how we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. It's really important for you to do that um, with your client and show them that you actually listened and you're not just throwing stuff at the wall and giving them a spiel. Oh my gosh, Maria, I could talk about sales with you until I'm purple because I love this conversation so much. Like you're, you can clearly tell that you are passionate about it and you have so much knowledge about it. I I'm intrigued by this book yourself solid playbook. Where can people find more information about this and about you? Awesome. Yeah, they can, it's in our program, irresistible selling. So it's one of the, the, you know, pieces that they get with that program. They can find me at mariabayer.com and I'm sure you'll have some links, but I do have some free groups. I've got learn, collaborate, flourish is a free Facebook group where we have lots of free resources where we do challenges, you know, live Q and A's, all kinds of things like that so that you can really build up your sales and, you know, book clients that are next level for you and are really good fits for both you and the client. Oh, so good. Okay, you guys, we're going to link all of that in the show notes below. And I want you to go pop over, say hi to Maria, share this episode. Tell us one thing that you learned from this episode that you're like, oh my gosh, this was what I needed to hear. Share on your story, tag myself, tag Maria, and just say, tell her thank you for being on the show. Because Maria, this was such a wealth of knowledge. And I think even for those of us that are like, no, I love selling. Like to me, I, I kind of want to go do a sales consult now. Like I'm so <laughs> energized to go jump on a call. So you guys, I hope it was that way for you too. Maria, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Brandy, for inviting me. Hey. 
Hey there, wedding pro. Are you feeling overwhelmed, burned out, and wondering how you will ever pay yourself an actual salary from this business you're building? I get it. I'm a wedding pro just like you. I sat in this season of overwhelm and no pay for way too long. Now I own one of the largest planning firms in Orlando, Florida, while doing less than five weddings myself each year. And yeah, I pay myself a full-time salary too. And I'm not alone. Hundreds of other wedding pros just like you have gone from overwhelmed pro to confident CEO by using the proven strategies I teach inside the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator. I tell Brandy all the time how grateful I am for her. Before joining with her, I thought I was successful and I was successful, but I was working 24 seven, barely making a profit. Now, over a year later working with her, it's just been life changing. We have our Monday calls. I voice text with other wedding planners all over the nation. And it's helpful just to have someone that's done what we're trying to do. And that is what the CEO Accelerator Group has helped and taught me to do. Inside the Accelerator, you get lifetime access to the six step-by-step modules that walk you through the pillars of a profitable wedding business. The financial services spreadsheet that Brandy gives you as a part of the Accelerator is worth the price of the Accelerator alone. If you need clarity on finances, your budget, if you can hire, if you can even pay the people that you have hired, go get the Accelerator because that spreadsheet gave me the knowledge and power to make the decisions to continue hiring and growing my team in the way that I want to. But what good is all of this knowledge without accountability, community, and of course, a place to ask your most burning question. When you join the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator, you also get six months inside our live coaching membership. It literally has changed the way I do business. It has changed the way I view things. It has changed the way that I manage things. It is totally amazing to be able to sit with CEOs that have been through what I've been through, have been through the trenches and can give me the insight as to how they got through it. It doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the only person on the planet who feels this way. No, there's tons of other CEOs that feel the same way I do. And we can talk about it, think through it, and we can learn. It is absolutely amazing. And if you're thinking about it, you should do it. The Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator is the best of a course, a membership, and a group coaching community all in one. The group has been so supportive and has really kept me sane through the busiest season I've ever seen in my career. For that, I'm really thankful. Looking forward to the next year and all the things I have to learn to grow and scale my business and super excited for the next steps. Here's the thing. You can absolutely listen to this show every single week to get nuggets that will help you scale your business. And over the course of a few years of piecing together all of that free information, you could very likely grow a successful wedding business. Or you can join the Wedding Pros CEO Accelerator today to get the proven step-by-step roadmap you need to ditch the overwhelm, build maximum profit, and step into your role as confident CEO, all in just six short months. In 2021, we did 220,000 in revenue, which I was so excited about at the time. In 2022, where we sit now, our revenue came in around 560,000. Honestly, I attribute so much of that to really being able to grow. I actually no longer take on weddings myself. I'm really able to focus and be the CEO of my company. And that's come with a lot of guidance from the Accelerator Group, all of the other incredible CEOs in that program, bouncing ideas off of each other, asking for the help and hearing from other people and what's worked and what hasn't. Just click the link in the show notes below to learn more about the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator and let's build your profitable wedding business together.